0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Let's go back to
1: 2011 and look at the World Cup with squidge. Let's go back to 2011 and look at the World Cup with squidge.
0: Hello and welcome to the Past Lives podcast. You're joined by me, your host, Uncle Boomy, And today I'm joined by two of my past lives to recall another of my past life, which was the past life in which I played for Romania against Argentina in the 2011 World Cup of rugby, not cricket. Um, And joining me as ever, one of the past life that's always with me. Um, My name is Ramil Gaisin. I am your 10th life and... um, the one which would often float in the air as I kicked an egg around. And joining me returning is another past life.
1: Uh, I don't have a joke lined up for this. I'm just trying not to cry laughing. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> You're, <laughs> actually... <And hello. laughs> You're holding your, your eyes like the thing in Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> don't <laughs> you start. Covering your, like Guamadou Torres 2008 opus. Pan's Labyrinth.
1: I have a very, very loud laugh. And if I'd actually given in and laughed, it would have just drowned you
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. We can master the recording. It's all right. So Um, when you start talking about Pan's Labyrinth, is that what it's called? Pan's Labyrinth, yeah. Can you do as... just pre- briefly talk about, just briefly, only no more than 15 minutes. Just talk about the plot of that <laughs> for me, please. Okay. Pan's Labyrinth is set during the Spanish Second War. Civil War, rather. Spanish Civil War. Uh, it is a kind of, like, new realist fantasy by Guamadou Toro. Um, it's often considered as, like, his 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 finest film, uh, even he went on to win the Oscar for The Shape of Water. Uh, like, Mark Kermode listed it as his favourite film in the last 20 years. And it was his one film from the post-2000s. Film. 2000s oh, it it's really good, isn't it? It's good. It's, it's, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, people think of it as like, it's going to be this high fantasy thing, but actually a lot of the film is just a a Spanish girl in the past being sad. Yeah.
1: That's mostly
0: it. Yeah. It's it's mostly just about this, this Spanish girl who was having a really hard time because of like her life and stuff. And, you know, like living in a war. And then she meets this, this mad creature that's got hands on its eyes and it kind of holds them over its face. Um, and she steals food from it and it gets angry at him, at her rather. Um, and Williams left the conversation. Cool. Okay, that's a bit. But we're not letting. I'm not letting him back in. I'm not letting him back in. He's done. He's done. He's cooked his chips there. He's not, he's not allowed on this nope. podcast. He's trying to. He's trying to add himself again. I'm not having him. How are you, Brandon? <laughs> we should probably actually introduce you. I think I've gone
1: insane.
0: <laughs> we're two minutes in, and we've already given up on the format of the podcast. It's like listening to blood and mud.
1: You haven't given up on the format of the podcast. You've just accelerated your commitment to it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it. We've gone all in very, <laughs> very quickly. We've cut yeah. out the middleman.
1: Yeah, otherwise fine. I uh, yeah. <laughs> feel like
0: I've lost my grasp on reality,
1: which was tenuous to begin with. But
0: <laughs> previous to you lost your grasp practice. on Definitely. reality lost your grasp on reality and now you are appearing in rooms full of food with men with hands on their eyes
1: yes that's gonna yeah. sound really weird to anyone who hasn't seen pan's
0: labyrinth <laughs> yeah um should we just do a pan's labyrinth retrospective podcast instead because could
1: have, you could have warned me then i could have rewatched it
0: yeah i haven't i haven't seen it in a while it's probably about maybe two or three years yeah shall we add the other one
1: i mean i think it would be nice
0: okay if oh, I'm just right, someone to share horrified reactions with, <laughs> I just had a text from saying, "Okay, I'm sorry." In a <laughs> hello again, back, <laughs> <laughs> Here he is. Welcome back. This is the worst start, or possibly the best start, depending on your your point of view. But personally, I think the worst, as the the person trying to be the professional in the room. What? Um, Who
1: are you kidding?
0: I I I feel it's my job. I'm also very bad at it. <clears throat> Let me take over. I'd be much less. Oh, please do Please do. <laughs> go on. Go on. Go on, on Rihanna. We do th- this whole intro and everything. Oh, go start, start. I even
1: because the name of the podcast is too long, and I know you joke about. I'm not sure remember what.
0: The words going. Make up it your own name for. it. Oh no, because it's now the Rihanna garth Jones Re- Rugby World Cup Retrospective. <laughs> <laughs> Just even longer. We okay, found a okay. way from from the top, then Rihanna. Let's get right it. listeners,
1: this is the Squid Rugby Nonsense retrospective podcast thing about the 2011 World Cup. I am joined by the two idiot brothers, <laughs> Robbie and Will Owen, and their incessant jokes. Uh, and we're going to talk about Argentina versus Romania, the full game, which is fucking great. Yeah, we're <laughs> no, not going to talk about Panslaverines <laughs> or any other shite that the two of you bring up.
0: We're
1: going to talk okay. about the
0: game. Let's go. Okay. okay. Okay, that was to the point. That was good. That was yeah, good. Do you good. want to do this every week? I mean, I was going to ask that firstly because for the last sort of five episodes, I've probably in all the episodes consecutively made jokes about not wanting to do a podcast with Robbie anymore. So, I haven't noticed. <laughs> I mean, you just quit
1: the podcast
0: recording. <laughs> I'm not
1: sure how much, how much
0: more... We, okay, no, I, I'm going to need to put some sort of foot down here. Some some sort of boot. Um, I think it's time we actually talk about rugby. Uh, Sorry. So, Argentina, right? They played a game of rugby, like, t- nine years ago. Against <laughs> Romania. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? <laughs> I just realised what a stupid idea this podcast was. <laughs> it was the thing, so after we had Blaine Scully on, he started explaining how hilarious the concept for the podcast was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think I'd realised it until until an icon of American rugby explained to me, like, what a stupid idea <laughs> this is.
1: And, and he's think it's hilarious. It. And he okay. listens to it. Yeah. Legend.
0: <laughs> yeah. I thought this is just like a really interesting thing. Everyone wants to hear people talk about a tournament from nine years ago, don't they? Everyone it's loves because that. because
1: you're a nerd.
0: Can confirm, no you are a nerd. I'm a nerd. I'm not
1: using it as an insult.
0: I'm just saying, you know, you've got your niche. You've got... I'm, I'm using it as an insult. You're a nerd. Yeah. It's, it's like being back in school. Are you going to no. give me a wedgie as well? <laughs> give me a <your> lunch money. <laughs> are you going to shove me in my locker? Put my head down the toilet?
1: I mean, you should have gone to my school or my mother's school where they put people in wheelie bins and rolled them down the hill.
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, have two qu- I have two questions. Firstly, I, what the hell, though, they rolled you down the wheelie bin. Secondly, Robbie, did you, someone really put your head in the toilet? No, it's a thing that happens in American films. Uh, yeah. Though I should have gone to your school because then a different group of kids would have got to bully me would have been a variety. Yeah. Mine was <laughs> people in wheelie bins all the time and rolled them down the hill. Very steep it, holes. Was wow. it against their will? Yes. Because it's quite like uh, okay okay no that because that could sound like a fun activity you do at scouts like they put you in a wheelie bin and roll you down a grassy hill no no No. we're so far off topic no easy way back as well Like, there's no... I can't see a segue in mind. <laughs> and I, can't, I can't... I'd have to get in one of those bins and, like, roll down Mount Everest to get eventually to the topic in hand. Here's the segue:
1: Sean <laughs> Edwards would have used putting someone in a wheelie bin and rolling them off a hill as a punishment for some of the Romanian defenders in this case.
0: Oh, cool okay that works, savior, that works. Uh, Sean Edwards of course <laughs> took over as Romania's defence coach yeah. <laughs> um, he really didn't and that shows so Romania against um, who are they Argentina, Argentina. right yeah. uh, 43 to 8 points of rugby right Argentina scored loads tris- they scored 6 tries Romania scored 1 try uh, Argentina scored 5 conversion goals Romania scored 0 conversion goals the one penalty by Argentina, 67% kick success rate, uh, 731 metres made by Argentina to 233 by Romania, 19 kicks from hand from either side. Are we done now? We talked about rugby. I weirdly think that I enjoyed the Uncle Boone me a bit more. <laughs> Please, why would you do that <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you should bring up Uncle Boomi because I've got some more thoughts on that feel. Okay, so um, <laughs> so Recon- there's a low there's a long bit at the end where he just goes to a cave and he just sort of sits in a cave. Should we have a look friend. at the Argentina team to start with? Yeah, let's. Sure. So they had um, Lucas Gonzalez and <laughs> at fullback who had recently been at Leicester Tigers with Gonzalo Camacho and Horatio Guja on the wings. Uh, a also of Leicester Tigers. And Camacho went on to play for the Tigers for a bit, didn't he? Uh yes, he did. He did. Uh Rihanna, you hate wingers. Anything you wanna say about that? go
1: on.
0: Okay, cool. Uh Marcelo Bosch, Rodri- Martin Rodriguez had moved from fullback to the centers. Our previous dick of the day, yeah. which was pretty much unanimous in that previous episode. Uh, and yeah? the only exception was Sam gave Mario Ledesma Dick of the Day for giving Rodriguez so much <laughs> to do. We're trusting him, yeah. <laughs> which which is yeah, a fair point. And I think actually there's something to be said for Santiago Falan, the the coach at the time giving him even more to do by moving him into 12. Yeah. That was a dubious decision, wasn't it? Well, this guy played like an idiot last time. Let's See give him ball. even more responsibility by moving our 12 into 10, you know, like Santi Fernandez I thought was a fantastic player, but yeah. was naturally an inside center. Yeah, agree. And then let's put this just twat, yeah, into 12. <sighs> <laughs> it's fine he speaks part. spanish uh yeah um but also he speaks spanish to me, so he can't hear that rather than <laughs> i think everyone who speaks spanish is a twat nobody I, who oh, speaks spanish hear a whole this podcast that is true that yeah it's true it's it like a different frequency so all <laughs> the cast of pan's labyrinth um can't yeah. hear this podcast yeah 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 um i heard that um uh Who's a Spanish person? Shakira tried to listen, and um, <laughs> she just just couldn't. It was because her friend, Carly Rae Jepsen, got in touch. Do you, think, she's a fan do you think she heard this whisper saying, you can listen to the podcast, you can listen to the podcast, and then she tried to listen to it, and she was like, oh, mate, my hips can lie after all.
1: I knew you were going to do
0: that. And- also, also, she's not Spanish, she's Colombian. And you know she speaks oh, Spanish. Right. She yeah. speaks Spanish, that's what I meant, that's what I meant, yeah. I'm assuming she speaks Spanish. Yikes. Oh, that's why are we doing this? Yeah. Why on. are we doing let's this? Let's move on. Right. So, Marta Rodriguez played. Yes. And, um, should we talk about <laughs> good stuff he did or bad stuff he did? Uh, let's start with the... I mean, is there good stuff? Yes, he did that incredible pass to Leguizamon, which is one, yes, genuinely okay. one of the best passes I've ever seen. It's so, the one good thing Rodriguez has done in his career. I remembered that here, as there. being in the lead-up to Leguizamon's try um i remember that as being an incredible pass yeah and i'm just threading it over properly but i also need to point out this game was played at like three in the morning uk time yeah so i was very tired watching that and that's kind of my abiding memory is being slightly sleepy yet being woken up by watching ambrosino It'd be brilliant yeah and then seeing rodriguez's pass in real time clearly i had a moment where like for a second i just just blitzed out i just kind of fell off a yeah bit. Because it hits a Romanian and is very lucky to land in Laguezmond's hands, and if you look at that pass carefully, he's not trying to throw it there. He's trying to throw it like for Laguezmond to drift onto, rather than to where he goes through the gap. And it's it's a complete fluke that he actually throws oh, this no. incredible pass. Oh, you've ruined it. So one thing about him,
1: you have immediately shit on. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Let that have his moment of glory. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> to be fair, it's the first time that Martin Rodriguez has ever passed a ball as well. I so. know. I mean, yeah, so fair play to him. You know, for
1: first time.
0: <laughs> yeah. He froze another pass in the second half where uh two players run like like what they'd call the X Factor lines when I was a- under 16s where they kinda like dissect each other. They run either side of him. Right. And his idea is he selects one or the other. Instead he goes to just drop the pass off to someone else and you can't see in shot who it is, and just throws it to one of the Romanians to I think it's Dimofte. Um, yes. Yes, yes and who then... Dimofte then makes a clean break, and it leads to possibly the greatest passage of rugby you'll ever see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The issue was Dimofte is really slow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. A decently fast ten would have finished that. I know it was at 80 yards. He had to go. He had to go a long way. But then, who did who did he offload to? Was it? Um, one uh, of the it wingers, was Daniel Carpo. Oh, Daniel Carpo, yeah. who then gives it on to Kazan, the winger. Yeah. And then it's mad. Then, what? Then Lobe gets it back on the inside. Tries Kazan to then gives it to Lobbe, yeah, yeah. Who tries to offload, hits a Romanian player. Uh, then is about oh. to go out of play before Imhoff yeah. then grubbers it, like hacks it back in field, regathers it, picks it up. And as the Romanians are all coming up to smash him into touch, kind of offloads it in field. Yeah, that was incredible. Uh, yeah, to Fessia, uh, Fessia, the replacement flanker who goes all the way having dummied inside two... I think it's Fernandez. It's one of the Argentine backs. Oh, it might be Amorosino is tracking with him. It's incredible. It's just the most mad shit passage to play.
1: In my notes of this bit, I wrote, will you make your fucking mind up?" <laughs> 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 yeah, I re-watched it like three times to try and work out what exactly
0: was going on. And in the end, I was like, it's just brilliant. And I'm not going to try and analyse this. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> It's no one wants
0: teams. the ball. Yeah. 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 It's both teams ring, which is to say offloading and imploding.
1: I think, in fairness, throughout this game, the entire Argentinian team, definitely the back line, was just having so much fun that they almost can't yeah. be held responsible for their behaviour and <sighs> <in> mistakes. <the> <laughs> because it was just hilarious. There's a point where, and we'll be probably talk about this more seriously later, but like the, the Romanian defence is just... Is so far back that I think Hernandez, like, it looks like he goes to dummy and then Mm. he realizes that he's got like at least 10 meters of space and so does everyone behind him. So I think (laughs) actually, what he was, he wasn't dummying, I think he was just going to pass and then he realized. So he keeps on the ball and keeps running and then the Romanian defense just keeps running back. So he's like, I'm just going to throw the pass then, I guess, because I don't know (laughs) what to do at this (laughs) point. And the first time you watch it, you're like, oh, what a like nice but
0: pointless dummy. And you're like, on your way. It was just really good. <laughs> it is the Romanian defence. Almost feels like a rugby league defence in that they're five metres behind the breakdown at all times. Yeah, except
1: in no way like a rugby league defence in the other sense of doing anything at all. Related to- <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> There's just... Yeah, so I think this whole game is like one of the perfect World Cup games in the sense of you could, put, you could go to the pub with people who've never seen rugby in their lives yeah, and sit down and be chatting and having a drink and kind of watching the rugby, but not like, that's not the whole thing that you're there for. And yeah. you could basically say to you, mate, you can't throw the ball forward, people deliberately run into other people, just watch it. And yeah. they would get what was happening in this game and they would enjoy it. And there's like loads and loads of parts of that, but I think a large part of it is that in the first half at least the Romanian defence is just so optional. Yeah.
0: yeah. That it's really easy to like understand the basic sort of premise of attack and defence in rugby. Absolutely. It's less a rugby league defence and more a touch rugby defence, I think. (laughs) It's 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 not even a rugby defence, is it? It's just it's just like fifteen people in a queue. It's like people who have been
1: told what they're supposed to do but have never actually done it. Yeah. So they're sort of like, oh, this is the bit where we drift, right? And then they're like, oh, we just left a massive 15-metre gap in the middle of the <laughs> <laughs> or like, this right think- tackle,
0: or too it. late. <laughs> it's um, kind of got that, like, when you watch 1970s rugby and they don't put any pressure at all. They just kind of walk up slowly. Only yeah. Romania aren't really actually walking up. They just kind of, the ball comes out and they take, like, one step. They walk the sideways.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> I just felt whenever uh, Lucas Amorosino got the ball he kind of just knew like well this defence isn't very good and this will just be the way we exploit it and just every time yeah. he found a different way to go round it like, there was a couple of times he offloaded a couple of times he just passed it straight off there was ones where he like chipped it over and did this offload to Leguizamon like mm. every single time he was just you could just tell he was just very quickly going oh yeah this is this is rubbish defence let's, yeah. let's just go round it shall we every <laughs> time he got the ball he must have been like surely this time they
1: will oh, okay there we go that's awesome yeah. <laughs> He was fucking the, great. The oh, only exception,
0: day. the only exception to the Romanian defense was when they were actually on their own try line. At which point their defense was suddenly brilliant. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. Mean what
1: they I think maybe that yeah. was the well, whole thing. They were like,
0: "Just fuck it. We'll learn how to defend the try line." And like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, look, just when you're on your try line, you just need to hit the thing in front of you. You don't need to think about it. Yeah. There's no yeah. drifting, and there's no you know setting no, people in the back no line or any of that yet. backfield. Yeah. Like, that's that's it. You're just like, hit him, hit him, hit him. And suddenly they had just completely impenetrable wall once you got to the back line. Well, back to the actual try line, rather. But yeah. any further out, and they were leaking tries left, front and centre. So all of Argentina's tries look spectacular because they were only being stopped when they got to the try line.
1: Exactly like that 70s thing. If you watch tries sort of from yeah. the golden days in your life, yeah. any, any functional defence would make this very different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, Absolutely. A minimal yeah. level of functional defence. Yeah. doesn't <laughs> even When they made a break from like 40 yards out and the score under the post, you think, oh, we didn't think about that. What do we do in that situation? <laughs> 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 Hold on. Run. Run backwards. Run backwards. <laughs> Wait, no, but we're really good at defending on our try line. And in order to score a try, they've got to go over our got try line. That. But we're good yeah. at defending. But how but there's there's some part of the puzzle missing here. I can't yeah, quite put it I
1: together. They improved slightly in the second half in that sense. Mm. Yeah, they did. Like yeah. Marius Tinku, who played the whole game this time. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, having learned from the mistakes of the previous game. Yeah. The main takeaway of which was don't tip Marius Tinku off. Yeah. Uh, and don't
0: in the tinkle second tinkle. half, it was like. <laughs> don't take <tinkle. laughs> oh, No be. sign of Bogdan Sulin today. <laughs> <laughs> Bogdan Sulin. Oh. Um, yes,
1: there were points in the second half where like, the game was very clearly gone from Romania and Tinku was still kind of trying to... No, I'm not acknowledging the point from right? Romania. <laughs> You're going to make another terrible pun. I am. Um, and Tinku was still like really trying to organise his pack to do actual sort of functional defensive things.
0: Yeah. Better in the second half, I think. For the benefit of the listener, I just raised my hand as though I was asking a question in class. And now that the teacher my stopped speaking, I'm doing my hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think because he didn't come on, Bogdan is going to sue man who is the coach? Do you want both the, of us to the leave man. the call this time? <laughs> please, please think about what a good idea that will be. Because oh, I'm still recording. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Well, we're so I recording. don't know if any of you have ever seen the Greek film Dogtooth. <laughs> like, actually, well, so I can make this relevant. I can make this relevant. So. Uh, the film Dogtooth is actually, I don't want to explain the plot, uh, but because it, it's kind of, it's the, you know, when people talk about like, oh, that you're really, really weird European film, you know, and it's like about someone whose parents start a sex cult with their children. Um, I would just like to say. That's what Dogtooth is. After uh, the last episode, you were on Rhiannon. Thank you for accepting to come back on because that wasn't I enjoyable. I, so... I think I sort of blocked it out, you know, because now that I'm sat here, <laughs> it's all coming back to me. <laughs> So, okay, so the thing about Dogtooth, right, is there's a lot of it is about these kids, like, finding a fetish. And I think that's well, what this game was.
1: Is not entirely on the table.
0: <laughs> that's what this game was for me, because I've developed, like, a real thing after... The... I think this game was the start of it for just Argentine wingers. And I think this game was the moment it all clicked for me, was watching Ambrosino be magnificent and watching Camacho and Aguja be so robust... Because those are the two types of winger and back three player that Argentina make. Are either these players with just immense balance in the mold of Ambrosino or Delvi or Imhoff, who are phenomenal and great finishers and just have this incredible step and balance to them. Or they're players like Aguja and Camacho. And then like Argentina... No, sorry, Uruguay at the minute currently have Nicolás Rotas, who's exactly the same kind of player uh, from slightly, you know, further out in South America, who are so, as I say, robust. Same place and place, according really, <laughs> really, oh, right. um, And are... <laughs> very just good under the high ball and like some of the the Camacho was re-clap gathering high balls in that first half. Yeah. Was he was just I mean you could tell he'd been you could tell he was about to be on Meta Tiger's radar yeah. the way he was chasing kicks. Yeah, yeah. And while neither of the starting wingers scored tries or anything, like they were both mm. so good at getting them on the front foot and yeah. Like the thing is I I feel like uh, Argentina were just very sensible with their approach in this game and I feel like their plan was always go forward first and then get points, you know? Yeah. And they never got carried away. They were very patient with it. Even though as I say like um you were saying earlier, and, like they were a bit slower in the second half to getting any tries, but like um they were very patient in their attack and I think that that's very commendable. Yeah, yeah
1: and I think <clears throat> surprisingly relevant point there from Robbie, um, which was
0: that this game was also awesome. <laughs> I did this for a living. It started with dog Tooth. <laughs>
1: that like all the sort of pre-match talk was about well lots of things but there was lots of talk about you know like Argentina's like focus on the forwards and the pack and this was going to be a very kind of ugly purist sort of game and then Argentina came out and they were like oh hello gentlemen we have a new (laughs) (laughs) set let us introduce you to dynamic offloading forwards and a party back three (laughs) yeah and there was, you know, it was really clear that this kind of game, after that horrific first full game, was sort of like the, the public transition of Argentina from the sort yeah. of 2007 version to like what we've had since, basically. Yeah. yeah. Is a breeze of goodness, um, and that that like style of forward, the way they were using their pack, particularly, is like very. Yeah, you know, you would look at that now and go like, well, obviously it wouldn't work against a modern defense because the defence was terrible, but that yeah. is basically what you want in a modern forward. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah. kind of style of, like, they can be really physical, they can mm-hmm. just smush you as they try and, like, push over the line, but also really dynamic, really athletic, really, like, clever, looking for space as well as compact. Um, and that was a really cool thing to see, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. As well as the yeah. backs, who were obviously delightful.
0: <laughs> and I think the sheer run-up they were giving the back, uh, the, the forward, rather, Was really useful. Like they were coming onto the ball at such pace and they weren't just using it to gather momentum in the way like a Billy Apollo or someone does. They were looking for space and they were looking for gaps and they were because they were coming on with such time and the remaining defence were putting no pressure on them whatsoever. I mean, they they were looking for gaps as selecting gaps, I would say. Yeah. 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 It's like looking for grass in a field. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, they were. Able to just select the which huge hole between Romanian players they wanted to run through. Yeah. And where while, the do I want to approach the drive? <laughs> while um, Vigaggio and Fernandez are the halfbacks, neither of them were the most efficient passers of the ball, but they both no. just had so much time on the ball and so much protection that they could just pick their runners so superbly and both had really good games.
1: Yeah, because there yeah. were yeah. points where actually you'd sort of look at it. And this goes back to my thing of like a sort of rugby newbie could watch this, and you can mm-hmm. see how important like fast tempo is, especially like from the rock, and um, because it was just so clear a lot of the time that Argentina were way, way too fast for Romania, so they were getting yeah. away with mistakes because they just still had so much time on the ball. And you could the reverse of that you could also see quite often whether it's like oh you've just gone too fast for yourselves there. You yeah, know. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Take a step back. <laughs> Slow it down for one second. Yeah. <laughs> I really accidentally remembered how to tackle here, and um, but it was there was just so much stuff like that that was just so incredibly clear, and it's rare, I think, that you get in a game of rugby, in a high-profile game of rugby, something where it is just it's so very obvious to someone who doesn't watch a game like how all those things kind of interlink and function. Yeah. To do it, and that and, it, yeah, just.
0: Interesting, I think. On that, there's something happening at virtually every moment as well. Like, you have breaks being made, you have tries being scored very, you know, seven tries scored over the course of the game. So it's space on about one every 10 minutes. Um, you have you know, points and the, the penalties because it is, and we have, of course, brought you on as our Steve Walsh correspondent, yeah. Um, Steve lets a lot go. So the penalties that he gives are really clear cut, so you can explain them very obviously yeah, exactly. to a new fan. And a lot of the, a, a lot of the um, so-called backwards knock-ons were dubious. Yes. Like he would <laughs> let anything go in this game, both teams, including yeah. yet another spear
1: tackle. Thank
0: you, Steve Walsh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So there's a moment in which there's a tackle that. Um, so the, it's one of the Romanians, isn't it? I think it's, um, I wrote it down. I think it, I think it's Kazan, the winger.
1: Yeah. Um, yes, it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, So they're picked up and dropped and it would be identical to the Sam Warburton one, but for the fact that the, you know, the the falling player's elbow goes out a bit and hits the ground first. Otherwise it'd be exactly the same. And it's given us just a penalty and the commentator saying, oh, that's quite harsh. You know, I don't think there's any intent in that. Yes. Oh, we shouldn't get sidetracked by that.
1: <clears throat> the other things I noticed about Steve Walsh is oh, that in his this beautiful game, eyes. always and his hair, he uh, was blowing his whistle like an angry car horn at times. <laughs> you know, like the kind of sort of make America great again, like that just really yeah. sort of, enraged truck car horn. So that, was, that's how
0: he used his whistle at
1: times, and I really enjoyed that, Steve. Was.
0: He was honking his whistle. Yes. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I don't know why, because I think uh, every time I noticed him doing it, it was like, the action has stopped, Steve, they're all
0: listening to you. It's like, <laughs> just bonus attention that you're seeking. <laughs> yeah. obviously, because it's Steve. There's a, there's a moment where one of the Argentiners is going off for blood towards the end of the game, and Steve Walsh asks, oh, where is he then? If he's going, is he already off? Is he still on? And the player's currently on the big screen. You can currently see him on the TV feed being taken off. And Steve Walsh is asking where he is, like he isn't watching the big screen at all times. <laughs> like every stoppage, he isn't looking up to check for himself. He already checks the big screen, realised it's not him, and is therefore no longer interested. That's That's it. Yeah. <laughs> or he looked at him and went, why am I now a massive fat Argentine? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this idiot? <laughs> yeah. don't, what are you to me, about? <laughs> Don't say that again. Steve Walsh is incapable of not being handsome. Well, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I, I think the be... top of my notes
0: is another Steve Walsh game. And a yeah, pop. the very top of my notes just says Steve. Um, <laughs> because I know, obviously yeah. I clocked that last time we had you on Rhiannon, it was a Steve Walsh game as well. Should we just do every Steve Walsh game? We'll just get you on. I am only available for Steve Walsh games. I want to be yeah. <laughs> Not interested in any other referee. Yeah. I, I think Steve is absolutely the way forward. There's another point as well I've got written down where the commentator says, he starts talking about how controversial Steve Walsh is. Then a minute later, he says, Steve Walsh, though, doing everything expected of him in this game. Which, I mean, do you just mean he's blown his whistle? And also, like you're, do you mean Steve Walsh particularly? Because... I think people will half expect Steve Watts to do shots during a game and he <laughs> hasn't done that today. And
1: if you mean what the referee is expected to do, still questionable to be honest.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, penalize a knock on. <laughs> yeah. In every sense, questionable. <laughs> yeah. I quite like Bob Simmons, though who's the commentator on this I game. Uh, at the time I, I remember I always just think he was a bit useless because he didn't offer any like sort of outside kind of like in-depth analysis or anything, but he does just very simply commentate on the game and tell you what's yes. happening from an yes. unbiased sense. My favourite Bob Simmons moment ever was, and Cardiff Blues played against Toulon several years ago when the Blues won in the Arms Park or mm. uh, wherever Gareth it was. Gareth Davis. Yeah. The other Gareth Davis. Yeah. That's Gareth Davis. And um, <laughs> Johnny Wilkinson has a ball and makes like a bit of a half break, <laughs> yes. playing for Toulon. And Bob Simmons goes, Johnny Wilkinson, the man they call Johnny Wilkinson. <laughs> uh, the similar moment of course and I know you remember this as well is uh, a game where Edinburgh are playing in about the 2009 Heineken Cup where Mike Blair makes no it's Mike Blair's what was Mike Blair's brother called um, David David thank you yes David Blair uh, makes a clean break and he shouts D- it's David Blair the man they call Tony and that always stuck with me yeah that, yeah. always, that always that stuck off me. <coughs> uh, I assume it's because he's a really big fan of the band Tony, Tony, Tony. Both of these things are going to stick with me now. This is going to be <laughs> yeah. <is> Bob Simmons. <laughs> yeah. so now I... be Bob Simmons is also great because he is, A, the foundation of a comedy character that I did for a bit when I was in uni, who was a sports commentator called Joe Steinfeld. And I just improvised the name once. And it's it had to stick because people would say, oh, is that like Gerbil Steinfeld? But really, it just came from the fact that he's one of the very few impressions I can do. Yeah. And I can do a passable Bob Simmons. I can yeah. do Bob Simmons, Michael Caine and Frank Sidebottom, And that's it. And K.K. Slider. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow, K.K. Slider. Well, I have to get you to sing us at the end of this podcast. I can do <laughs> Bob Simmons and Ernie from Sesame Street. Oh, no, your Ernie's good. Your Ernie's yeah. Give us give us some Ernie. Hold on. Hey, Bert. Hey, Bert. No, my name is not Bert. My name is Bob Simmons. <laughs> own... Hey, uh, Bob, um, what did you think of this game? Well, I think this is a proper thriller of a test match, and I think there are some really interesting things going forward to next week. Hey, did you say you could do an impression of Bob Simmons? <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched Sesame Street, but No, I think I impression is better. Than... No, I, I, think, I, I think it is interesting that you should bring up <laughs> Sesame Street. Because, mate, Michael Klein, uh, I that isn't a very good Michael Kane. I can do a better Michael Caine. Um, I have heard you do a better Michael Caine. That was pretty good, actually. Yeah, I haven't done Frank Sidebottom in quite a long time, so I'm worried about doing it. Mm, yeah, um, I can do a Sidebottom. For the record, I can do absolutely no impressions. I'm just going <laughs> to laugh at the two of you, as usual. So I once. This is a tangent uh I once, after having done a comedy gig, a guy came up to me and like introduced himself, and he's like, "Oh, I run uh, one of the biggest comedy clubs in Manchester," and he started telling me about all the acts he'd taken through. So he's like James Acaster and Sarah Millican and Jack Whitehall and all of these kind of like basically every comedian who's on British TV at the minute, like Nish Kumar, whoever. He's like, <laughs> he sold it as I built their career of they're only a big deal because of me. You know, I I put them on a. Bill if they did well, I then was like instrumental in getting them better billing at Edinburgh and so on and built their careers from there. And he was kind of introducing himself and bigging himself up to me. And then he said to me, like, I'd love to get your number and to talk to you. And he said, uh, can you do impressions? And I said, Uh, I can do a bad Michael Caine. And he said, Oh, can you do any others? And I said, No. And then he said, Oh, okay, never mind, and walked off. Did not tell him about Bob Simmons. I know, I thought about that. And it was around the period as well where I used to do quite a good Chris Robshaw, but I haven't <laughs> done it in a long time and it's now bad and I did that was the one that was in my head I was like I could say I can do current England rugby captain Chris Robshaw and he'd say, great can you do some satire going to the corner I'm like that isn't relevant it's 2014
1: can you segue from this humble brag back
0: to the podcast it wasn't a humble brag it was someone ignoring me because I'm not very good at something which is basically all of my time in school Um. so podcast Uh. right my, we mentioned Romania being suddenly good on the try line sure Argentina, however, I think some of their tactics when it came to finishing needed some work, yeah because they i mean there's a few times they had very clear overlaps, and they just ignored them. but my favorite is once we saw in a wide shot that they had like three men over if they went left, and they were like maybe around the fifty metre line and if they went open side, they scored in the corner it was it was easy enough. On the right-hand side, the only person there was Ronnie Roncero, the loose-head prop, the 86-year-old loose-head prop, up against four men, up against four Romanians. And, of course, Fogaggio chucks the ball to Ronnie Roncero. And just, you know, it's like it's the Justin Marshall or the Grant Nisbet in rugby challenge. They say, give me a go. I've only got five metres. I can't do an impression of him either. Um, <laughs> so they, they chuck it wait, wait. to Say that in Michael Caine's Roncer- accent instead. <laughs> oh, on my side. Give me a go. I've only got five meters. That's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, they really chuck it to to... <laughs> Ronnie Roncero, who tries to bowl over four people and get to the line. And it's like I have seen people finish from that position, but those people were Jonah Lomu. <laughs> like not a 30 plus year old Argentine prop.
1: In fairness, this goes back to like the Hernandez dummy stroke delayed pass thing. And I think mm. a lot of the time they were just like, we, we, don't, we didn't really train against this sort of defense. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just so overwhelmed by the option to us and
0: Yeah. The time we have to make them that it's somehow confusing. Cause... Yeah, usually when you run at a tackle bag, it slows you down. but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. These ones are just letting us go.
1: And also, in fairness, they were probably a bit like, I mean, it's clear we're going to win this game, so fuck it. Let's like, let's give the ancient proper us just see if he
0: <laughs> Why not? We're just sharing the love. <laughs> I mean, so it takes them five minutes, literally. The first time they get into the twenty-two, Santi Fernandez just walks straight through a massive gap and scores himself. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And it is as I say. First time they get to twenty-two, and they do it from like phase play, just working the way up. And then Fernandez just goes, "Oh, might as well score then." You know, he's as you were saying earlier, like, he's genuinely looking to give the pass, and he notices like, "Oh, wait, no, I've got." It's actually somehow the hole in their defense is wider than the pitch, and just I mean, goes like, for score. He does just sort of walk it in as well. It's just like, oh, alright then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. And they oh, then take God. the they take the restart. They then work it downfield and score immediately. It takes them about two minutes. Yeah. From the restart to having scored another try. Yeah. And then there were three points in that first half where I made an involuntary noise. Uh, something. <laughs> one of them was the Rodriguez pass. Mm. Uh, two of them were Amorosino related. Um, yes. I think the I made 17 of... that were all Amorosino related. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The first of which was the one where he makes a bit of a break and offload to Leguizamon. And then the pass sort of like goes astray. Until eventually mm-hmm. they find Amorosino again in the back line, who then steps yes. his man and scores. And it's just, it's such a graceful step. And it's just, hes yeah. just yeah. so beautiful to look at.
1: There was a, I think it's its an earlier moment, I think, where he gets the ball. It's its one of the first times he gets the ball, I think, and he just looks up and you can sort of imagine, like, him just going, oh, wow, okay then. This is, like, cool. And, yeah, just this beautiful step and sort of, yeah. oh, and you're just like, oh my God, how much fun must you have had in this game? Like in a really important, in a World Cup where you're all like really out to prove yourselves after the last one and there's in theory loads of pressure and you're all just like, we're having a fucking great time. Yeah. And he was just like the complete personification of that. Like every time you got the ball, you just did something really lovely to watch and basically exactly the right thing and just really fun. Actually, yeah. say all three. His, Absolutely. his,
0: his sheer balance, it's insane, think. isn't it? Yeah. It's the fact that his centre of gravity or his but like his core doesn't move while his feet are doing insane things. Yeah. So he remains completely balanced no matter how far he's stepping, no matter what he's doing. It's it's he's, so good to watch. It's pretty think tall I, and really, I think I would make room for him in my fantasy
1: team as another <laughs> fullback. Yeah. Based on just this one game, like nothing else.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, it's your team. You can pick a 16th man. You
1: know? Yeah, <laughs> or you can play. At, he can, be he can play like tight head. It's fine. I just want to. <laughs> it doesn't
0: really matter. Where. Yeah, and it, it is my main memory of this game is just not knowing who he was before. You know, yeah. I kind of I'd seen him play a couple of times with Tigers, but I didn't know him. Mm. And then going like, this guy's my new favorite player. That's I so love cool. him. Yeah, that. That step he'd do, where he would just hurtle himself towards the first defender from fullback, and then just like somehow explode off one foot, but not in like a Shane Williams or Cheslin Kolbe way. Yeah. just in this like really subtle way. It was like yeah, the most quietest which, explosion. Which yeah.
1: Silky and so. Weird. My notes basically say Amarosino, all in caps. Three love hearts. I steal two. Not <laughs> Steve only gets one. Uh, <laughs> Glorious runner, comma monk hair mark? <laughs> yeah. I often really liked the contrast between how beautiful his footwork
0: was and how fucking terrible that haircut was. And it kind of only got worse. That was pretty much the best co- haircut of his career. Yeah. <laughs> it was
1: like you know, it was like a sort of Samson trade-off. Like in order to be that good, he had to have really terrible. Hair.
0: Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. It's a good-looking bloke, but Yeah, oh. good yeah. But never worked it out. Maybe Steve means, wolf had a, had a I word can't word relate word to. to. absolutely and i also the other argentine player that really stood out for me that both stood out at the time and now is santiago fernandez at fly half yeah who again i'd known as a solid 12 but i really liked the way he worked as a fly half i really liked exactly and a lot of it is that is just the time the romanian defense was giving him but the fact that his whole thing was he would select. Really good passes, yeah, and there was absolutely no ego about how he played, yeah, yes. Also, there is a thing of like one, obviously, you cannot only play what's in front of you,
1: but yeah, in that kind of pool game, you see teams all the time pick a non 10 at 10, yeah, trying yeah. to go a squad like New Zealand did it in the last world cup where they had Johnny Barrett at 10 against, yeah, New yeah. I think, yeah, and they yeah. do not look as good, at ten. <laughs> yeah, oh. um, like if you if you compare him to that kind of player, the sort of random backline players who get thrown in at 10 against a sort of an easier team. Yeah. He was like really, really good. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, you're right. Like very unselfish. like Kind of what you'd expect from a good modern 12, actually. Yeah. Like very unselfish.
0: Yeah. I think like kind of as well, like a modern 10. We We're talking uh, previously about yeah. uh, Katie Daly-McLean and the way that she's just kind of like um, a matador for the players around her. Um, and I feel like um, Fernandez did that really well in this game absolutely like it is it is the image of what a 10 is these days of just someone that brings runners onto the ball as much as anything did he even kick the ball Fernandez? I was thinking that I think maybe once (laughs) he did. yeah though he gave a lot Amrassino took on a lot of kicking and Marcelo Bosch as well who just has a thought like a traction engine so it's worth mentioning actually the kicking since you bring it up sure so, our friend, Martin rodriguez Yeah. So, a few minutes into the game, before they even score that first try, Argentina get a penalty pretty much between the posts. You know, about maybe 30 metres out, you know, outside the 22, but still very, very gettable. Yeah. And they give it to Martin Rodriguez, who, lest I remind you, last game missed six shots at goal. <laughs> and they flash up his stats... And it's 29% his <laughs> kicking rate for the tournament. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Which I, I had to note down because he then secreted <laughs> it further Yeah, by missing between the posts. He just skewers it completely. And thankfully, somewhat, I don't know why no one in the week between their games, no one in the Argentina camp went, let's not do that again. He just missed six of them. And I know as Sam put it like he was kicking some of them from Saturn. But still, <laughs> it was... Uh, he he was outright terrible. He should
1: not,
0: not is... do that job. No. So then they come to the first conversion and they give it to Fernandez, and it's like they instantly, for some reason, they didn't learn the lesson in the week between games, but they learned it in the two minutes between him missing that penalty and then taking that conversion.
1: Maybe it was one of those things where like they had learned it, they just sort of forgot in the heat of the game, so they were like, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> And they like, "Shit,
0: what have we done?" Do you think it was like a football free kick routine where, like, uh, Fernandez was lining up, then Rodriguez just comes from miles away and just boots it over? <laughs> no, so, so that happened. So that happened at one point. What? So, uh, d- yes, thank you for bringing this up. So, d- we mentioned again our old friend Ion. was oh, Julian Dumitras. Yeah, who is the Romanian fullback who has. Again, like I talk a foot like a traction engine. He has a foot like a factory entirely pumping out traction engines that are then glued together. Like he is, he had one of the biggest. That doesn't work as a metaphor. I realize. That. <laughs> no. uh, he had one of the absolute biggest boots I've ever seen. He's generated like traction I, engines. He's the kind of kid who, like, it, when they were all in like Big Goal Kick Academy. He was probably bullying Fran Stein and Bosch as not having very big <laughs> boots. He was kind of like tapping Reese Hodge on the shoulder and then hiding around the other side and saying, like, No, your boot isn't big enough. You can't you can't do this, Buffelli, shut up. He was giving um, a both exactly, <laughs> Yeah. gold <laughs> Yeah, He was he was sitting inside class when they were learning about what, what boots to wear or whatever. And he was just smashing them through the windows and knocking other players' balls off course. With his size forty um, nines on. Yeah. yeah. But at one point, the Romanian scum uh, off, Sergi, goes to pass the ball into a pod of forwards and Dumitras sprints in, intercepts it from his own man and just hoofs the ball downfield. He just, he spots some space and he isn't calling out the back. He isn't overriding the call. He just sprints in, intercepts a pass to his own player and just thumps the ball into the opposition 22 and it isn't like he puts it out for five metres he just kicks it and it lands in the 22 and kind of bounces around a bit like, it was possibly my favourite that... moment of the game And watch this game for that moment <laughs> yeah sounds <laughs> incredible oh, God, I can't believe I missed this yeah I, I, I don't I don't think I saw that because it sort of it, it sort of what were doing? Sort of, <laughs> yeah. mm. it, well, what you doing uh, It's sort of you could have watched Dogtooth by Yorgos Lanthamon Um then, yeah. it <laughs> it looks like, because of the way the camera pans to it, you don't quite see him sprinting in properly. And so I had to rewind and look at it again. I was like, no, he has. He's ran in and intercepted it. And especially because the forwards have got their hands out in, like, I'm going to catch this ball and barrel it up. But no, but no, there's no waiting for Julian Dimitras
1: Intercepting your own player is like, that's the sort of Steve Walsh level play, I think. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fighted by the referee. Steve can do what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Have we got anything else? Any other business? No, I can cover the rest of it. This has felt like the longest episode we've ever done, and yet it has not been. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I it's no,
1: can I just make a quick comment on the, yep.
0: on, on the pundit panel? Yes, please do.
1: Please I, do. I yeah. A little bit related to the last time. One, Alfie's shirt was like he'd seen Danny Care's appearance and gone, <laughs> let me show you how it's done, lad. <laughs> Beautiful and two. This is only if you're watching the ITV version. Tom Evans looks like a hostage every time he's asked to talk. Yeah, and I don't know if and he sounds like a hostage. Like, I don't know. if At first, I was like, maybe he just doesn't kind of understand where to look at the camera. Like, if you're not used to <laughs> it, it's quite confusing to be like, oh, I'm not. I'm supposed to look in this direction, not that. But he's never quite looking in the right place, and he's. His voice is just always completely monotonous, like he's reading out a placard. That's yeah. So...
0: <laughs> Tom and Evans as a... uncomfortable. <laughs> Tom Evans as a pundit looks like he's on the Eric Andre show. <laughs> like, he looks like they're making him deliberately uncomfortable, but they're not. They're just asking him, did you think the Argentine fullback had a good game? Yeah, they weren't hard questions either. <laughs> yeah like, so
1: what do Argentina have to do here? They have to win. <laughs> like, <laughs> the opposite of Francois Pinault. It's just no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: There was kind of look of like. Is that the correct answer? Yes. Yeah, it
1: was like you. You seem like a pretty smart guy,
0: Tom. You've played the game. Like I think you have some insight into what's happening. You know, I don't know why you're so nervous about it. I wonder if it ties to something. Blaine Scully was saying back when we were chatting to him, our best friend. Yeah. 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 Um, By the way, we spoke to about. God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you realise that, yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah. But he mentioned about just the lack of feedback in outside life. That as an athlete, you're told constantly about yeah. everything you do, whether it's good or bad, how you can improve it. You're given constant work-ons. I don't know if Tom Evans was just expecting that. He was expecting Andy Robinson to stand on the sideline and shout at him. He <laughs> <laughs> saying, to provide more insight. Provide more goddamn insight. Maybe Andy yeah. Robinson was on the sideline with placards until Evans was trying to read the placards <laughs> while he was Why it all went so wrong? <laughs> That's it. After they'd finished the broadcast, he just kind of went like, okay, where do I go for the sort of post-broadcast analysis session then? <laughs> I the yeah, check and how, I how I did. did. <laughs> yeah. And
1: Alfie's like, mate, we're going to the pub." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Um, I, mean, I just yeah. wanted to follow up on that after my last podcast uh,
0: comments from Danica and uh, Fanspino. Yeah, thank uh, you. This, this game's observation. Yes, yeah, welcome. Uh, yeah, thank you. The one other thing I want to pick up on: Juan Manuel Guzman's try. So it comes from the pass we mentioned, the the, yeah. the brilliant slash accidental pass by Martin Rodriguez, well, and mean. so Guzman then goes straight through, and he has in front of him, a bit like Lionel Nally in the the last game that Steve Walsh refereed that you were on for. So he has an entire open field in front of him and he has just the one Romanian fullback in front of him. And he can go left, he can go right, he can go in a straight line and he will score unopposed. Instead, he arcs ever so slightly to his left and barrels right into the Argentine fullback and drops a shoulder into his face, which I love. That's how a forward finishes a try. (laughs) might have been the one
1: Argentinian player who was like, no, I fucking know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm smashing through the guys' defense. Yeah. <laughs> None of this exploiting the gap bullshit for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah also,
0: it, was a, it was a glorious moment. Should we just quickly touch on Kazan's try as well? The yeah, sorry, we haven't try. talked about it yeah. yet. It's yeah, a brilliant yeah. try. Yeah, really good yeah, try. <laughs> Loved it. And it was timely yeah. for them as well, just for half time. That like just when they sort of needed something to sort of chill on at yeah. half time. And they came up with that. It was a brilliant try. It was a rubbish pass from Christian Petra, but it worked out. He yeah. timed it well enough. So And I that think was that
1: idea you know, when we we're saying they get better in the second half. That thing about scoring before half time is just really, really important in terms yeah. of like momentum gets overrated, but it does matter kind of who scores or who like doesn't concede just before half time and I think that really helped them like come out in the second half because yeah. they were like I wrote this down still like 71 minutes in when the game was like long long gone Romania was still trying they were still like yeah. refusing to mm. kind of give in in a way that's not like just sort of pride I think like yeah and that try because it was such a good try as well yeah I think it kind of really helped them to sort of keep that like no we're not you know, we're not just going to roll over here. We are going yeah. to sort of play our part in this game. And look, we've remembered what tackling is. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's worth saying I... as well that Romania basically had no possession in this game. Like, mm. they yeah. had a really hard time getting out of their 22. Like, and say that basically the first time they had any opportunity they scored is, you know, pretty good. So, so... fair play to them. Yeah. Possession was 71 30 to Argentina. But territory was seventy-four twenty-six. Seventy-one thirty. Like, yeah. Seventy-one twenty-nine, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> you're doing master. can you do my taxes, please? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. That is a bad idea. But you know who can do your taxes? Michael Kine. Because I played an accountant yeah. anyway. Um yeah, so there's no way you're winning a game with that kind of
1: no, that's, of, that's of territory really, in possession. Slightly better than I thought. I was kind of thinking it was like closer to eighty twenty. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but I guess Romania kind of had two passages where they were in the 22 yeah. and yeah. they just held on to it for quite a long time. Yeah, they had some really unusable ball in the 22 as well which they just kind of kept for a couple of phases longer than they should have before kicking it away. So, Yes. There is a moment as well really early on where when Romania get the penalty where they're given a the penalty on the, the Argentine dry line and they opt for goal. I think the score is is 7-0 uh, at this point, 0, or 14 no 14 okay. Um, of course, because the two tries are right next to each other. So yeah, and they're on the try line, and it kind of feels a bit like when they opt to go for goal, it's a flex of like, we can kick penalties, mate. Like, <laughs> look at us, like, they've just seen Rodriguez miss his 18th kick of the tournament, and they go, well, one, well so. this game's kind of beyond us by now, but we can rub this in. Yeah. We can really show off here.
1: Yeah, there was an, an interesting thing about this game actually that reminds me of, which I think I sort of mentioned to you offline. That mm. there's this sense at the start that it's not in in a nice way, I guess, but there's this sense in the start that this is going to be like a real contest. Yeah, Argentina yeah. aren't going to walk it. Um, yeah, and further that you know, like, because I I I vaguely I didn't watch this World Cup as intensely as to view, but I vaguely remember like oh. Scotland are going to get kind of screwed in this pool because, you know, Argentina came third last time. They've got a point to prove. I know there's been some turnover, but like Scotland have been crap for the last four years. And there was definitely a, a real sense from the Pundit team that, that that's not what they thought, that they kind of saw yeah. Scotland as the ones who sort of had the right to be second and Argentina who had to take it and that this was going to be a difficult game for them. Yeah. And it was, re- it was kind of like Argentina knew that and were like, excuse us. Like, I'm sorry, but we have a very different narrative here. And yeah. <laughs> let's show you how it goes. Because it was just such a... Everything about that game was such a, like, comprehensive overturn of what the pundits sort of set up for it. You know, that it was going to be this arm wrestle, that it was going to be difficult, that it was going to be quite an ugly game. Yeah. And it was just glorious and comprehensive. And, yeah, And yeah. Rumi's contribution, actually... In attack at least when they had it was you know it was a really lovely moment. Um, mm. I thought that was really interesting, it was kind of the inverse in some ways of that really lazy World cup narrative that you just assume the bigger team is going to beat the smaller team
0: yeah and yeah,
1: yeah. Argentina just weren 't a bigger team really then, even though they'd had that amazing World cup in two thousand and seven
0: yeah
1: um, so they sort of accidentally almost like Gave Romania a bit more credit, and then got it completely
0: wrong.
1: Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was a really I mean, interesting aspect to that I thought.
0: Yeah, right. and I think so much of that Argentine people were ignoring how good Argentina were at this World a great Cup. I think. Team, it was yeah. A great yeah, selection of players, and yeah. we'd seen them come and. You know, they lost the previous autumn to England, Wales and Ireland, but they'd really pushed all of them. They'd kept more within a score. Yeah. And I know it's like it was a particularly bad thing en- like you look at that England team with the England team with Ugo Monya at fullback and so on. Mm. Where he famously had that Yep, that was the reaction. <laughs> That's the reaction to Ugo Monya at fullback, that kind of snorting and laughing. Yeah, for the benefit of the listeners, Rihanna has just snorted her drink and her head is currently in her hands laughing at the concept of Ugo Monya playing fullback. <laughs> Bless Ugo Monye, but I think he'd admit that that was not his best day. He had a proper night. It's just on YouTube. there's just a compilation of. It's just called something like Ugo Monye Nightmare at Fullback against Argentina, and it's worth looking at if you fancy a laugh. Well, he sent me um, this exact link, and it is genuinely hysterical. Yeah. It's every possible mistake you could ever expect a fullback it to make being made. but he was making
1: yeah. yeah, it was a proper nightmare.
0: Long live real fullbacks, say. Eh? Absolutely. that's the value in just like a Dan Evans or a George Furbank or whoever. Just a really boring normal fullback. Yeah. Should have picked Simon Hammersley, aged like seventeen or whatever it would have been. Absolutely. Yeah. He should have been playing. But yeah, so this that Argentine team was good and yeah. they'd narrowly lost to all those sides and they kinda of had that issue if they didn't have regular rugby, you know, compet- competition. They were yeah. coming together from clubs all over. And actually you should have gone well, this is a really good team, as that they prepared really well for the last World Cup and they performed really well. And you know, they have an incredibly strong fifteen, and they're going to have time to train together. And they don't have the Jaguares thing of just being exhausted from being jet lagged constantly. So yeah, it was like they kind of hadn't really recognised that the difference yeah. in a, that a World Cup training camp is
1: to yeah. autumn internationals. Yeah, um, because yeah, which now I think is much people get much more. Than, yeah. That you will massively kind of outplay the standards you've set for yourself throughout the cycle, yeah, because of that time. But it didn't really seem to have dawned on people that that would be the case here. Yeah, yeah. Possibly also because that previous game was so bad against England. But yes,
0: they um, should have won that game as well. Um, yeah, yeah And
1: I them. remember like when I when I watched because I so I watched the game twice. I was pretty tired the first time. <laughs> um, my notes yeah. from the first one are basically just Steve Walsh is great, Amarasinghe is great. <laughs> Um, yeah. Perfectly valid. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That's pretty much the <laughs> entire like, I was like Why is everyone talking about Argentina like they're shit and Scotland like they're good? Because this is absolutely yeah. not my memory of the situation. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even think it's hindsight. Like, and I went back and looked it up, and I was like, yeah, Scotland finished fifth in every Six Nations of that like World Cup cycle, mm. and it was just yeah, it was just a really odd thing that basically because we weren't seeing Argentina play regularly, everyone kind of forgot that they were good. Because they'd yeah. just like a week before or something been admitted into the Rugby
0: Championship. Yeah. And because they mentioned on commentary that proposal they had about a year or so beforehand, in which they were talking about putting them in the Six Nations and having them based in Barcelona. Yeah. Which, which is insane as a thing to do. That yeah, that was never going to work and oh God, lift off completely batshit ideas yeah. that would be bizarre <laughs> and thankfully it's 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 and of course no one would ever repeat that when another tier 2 nation establishes themselves really well at world cup and everyone just tries to shoehorn them into a competition where they wouldn't work what that do- wouldn't that never happen again that would definitely <laughs> not happen no 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 n- n- oh, no I couldn't make it work in my head there was going to be a pom pom but I couldn't get it to work God. um not the point has been made though. So yeah, sure, sure, yeah, okay. Have we got any of business, or should we move on to the customary man of the match and Martin Rodriguez award? Let's <laughs> move yeah. on. I reckon. I actually remembered this this time, so yeah, that's yeah. nice. <laughs> Fantastic. Proud of myself. <laughs> so should we should we start with Dick of the Day?
1: Uh, candy.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I know. Um, yeah. Go. Yeah. Go oh, who? Oh, okay, I'll do it, fine. Um <laughs> I thought everyone had volunteered and I went, okay, fine, let's let's do this. Okay, my dick of the day is the one and only Martin Goddamn Rodriguez Garachaga. There's two two G's in his name. One for missing a shot between the posts when his kicking position was already twenty nine percent, and clearly his team had gone. No, no, Martin, you, you can't do this. We're not doing this again. We're not going to have you miss 30 shots at goal over the World Cup. We're not, we're not going to let this happen, and yet. And then for moments later, having just missed that shot, he then blows a clear overlap that we're going to try for Lugia. Uh He throws an interception pass. His his one really good bit of play was a fluke. And I say my outstanding, outstanding dick of the day is Martin Rodriguez. Fair enough. Makes sense. Real in?
1: So initially I thought I was going to give it to Pagajo, for the drop that ruined that, like what would otherwise have been just the most perfect. Oh yeah. Right. At the end of the first half.
0: I'm going to come on to this.
1: But this is maybe a bit niche and it's because it was like so late in the game that it really stayed with me, but the replacement Romanian scrum half. Right at the end, it was like the clock had gone red. Argentina were still sort of relentlessly attacking the Romanian line, and they were doing that thing of knowing how to defend on the try line. <laughs> uh, and someone, I've forgotten now, but I think it might have been the eight, uh, gets the ball, turns it over, like holds on just long enough for the nine to come up uh, and kick it into touch, and he misses. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: Argentina just get the ball back and, and look at them again and I
0: was like they must be so fucking tired the worst thing about that is they eventually get the ball back and when they decide okay let's just actually kick it out this time they bring in Dimitras to do it instead so they just get rid <laughs> of they've off the scrum off and just say right you've got a massive boot just get it into touch we rely on you get us all in for an early shower and he does
1: competently yeah
0: yeah. And it was just such a, like,
1: you fucking dickhead moment. Like, it wasn't that far to kick it to touch, you know? I get that there was a lot of pressure, but it really didn't feel, in the scheme of things, like a difficult kick to make. No. And it must have just been so devastating so, for all his teammates. So he's my dick of the day.
0: On dick of the day contenders, the replacement scrum halves, because I had. I had another content I forgot to mention. The replacement Argentine 9, Alfredo Lallan, who I had completely... I had no memory of him whatsoever. He sounds like an extra in The Godfather. And he, at one point, Romania stabbed for a a kick towards the end of the game, into touch. And it kind of bounced a few times, then bounces out. And he does that thing that used to happen at the time. You know, when you catch the ball and you put a foot into touch and a foot in. And he takes it like that on the final bounce and points back... So yeah. it should be a kick where yeah. it was kicked from, and it was a oh, grubber a kick. Now. Like it bounced about five times first, <laughs> but he thinks he's got a, a far enough understanding of the laws to play this four D chess. That oh, because I caught it and I've got my foot in touch, it's gonna be it's gonna be back. But it bounced four times. What are you doing, doing, Alfredo? And
1: I respected it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought he was just hoping that Steve Walsh had been like brushing
0: his hair and I hadn't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I hadn't noticed I thought, oh, that's quite clever, you know, they've got the, themselves to throw into the line-out. I hadn't clocked that he pointed back. That's a very good nomination for Nick yeah, day. Is, not the not knowing the laws. Nomination. Yeah, that's yeah. It. I've gone with Nicolas Fogaggio. So, hmm. I'll elaborate on what you were saying a minute ago, Rhiannon, that basically he sets up this move with Leguizamon where he, it's basically a simple nine loop. So he, gives it to the player, gets it back and then hits it to somebody out the back, probably 10. But he picks the ball up, takes forever over it, passes it forward to Leguizamon, gets it back on the loop and drops it. So in two ways he has a handling error. There is another moment with Gachaud and my, so not... my other thing, just on sure, that before sure, you move on, sure. is that Steve Walsh lets the forward pass go. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and he's just like, I don't, I don't care. Look, he looks nice. Yeah. and then he kind of goes, oh, like reluctantly, I've got a blow for this one, haven't I? Yeah, too far now. Yeah, I had another moment, and um is very much not the dick at this moment. But Argentina were it was just before Juan Vergaggio scored. Argentina have it on the left hand side of the field, about five yards out from the Romanian try line, and um, there's a point where. They have like a pot of forward set up. I see somebody running a really good line from miles away. They've come out of shot, run right. miles into into the, um, ready to run into the Romanian pack. And I think, why is Pikachu not past that guy? You know, he's got a pretty good chance of scoring. And then I realised that guy was a seagull.
1: <coughs> Am I drunk?
0: Were you drunk? I mean... You're saying you're saying that we were tired when we watched this game at three a.m. in 2011. Yes, and I don't. Th- I I think I'm okay, but I just had a moment where I just saw something white fly in. And thought it must be an Argentine-, Argentine player. That seagull ran a really good line. <laughs> blue, blue, a really good line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Vagaja should have passed it. You know, be inclusive. So, Vigagio, mainly for the ball drop slash forward pass thing, but also, I mean, a okay. bit of a dick move, not passing to that seagull. Sure. I think that's a pretty solid
1: nomination. In this squad
0: yeah. There was something about Vigagio, though, in that he came up with this just absolutely ingenious strategy that constantly caught Romania off guard, which was to, from the base, pick the ball up, and run two steps backwards. Yeah. And he did it at basically every breakdown, yeah, and Romania no wouldn't happening. do anything in reaction. Yeah. Like Romania would then just give him all the time in the world to select a pass, do whatever he liked, make a break, put someone in space. They just kind of, and every now and again, one of the Romanian forwards would just go like, "Hold on, he's done it again. Should we just, should we just hit him, take the ball off him?" Yeah, yeah. Imagine flying and, speed that was existing. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was ingenious. It worked basically every time. Good on him. Yeah. Okay, should we move on to yeah, man of the man match? match? I'll go first. It's fine. Sure. There are two contenders, really. I thought. I didn't think anyone from the Romanian team stood out. Me neither. Me neither. I think there were some good players in there. Uh, Kazan, no. I think the winger who scored, was the only one I thought had yeah, a his best, he? good yeah. game. Yeah, he his best in Tinku for, like, committing. Well, yeah. Uh, I Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. T- t- yeah. And, you know, I thought the Guizman lobby had good games. I, I was reminded of just how good Patricia Albacete was as well in the second yeah. row. I'd kind of forgotten how well-rounded he was because I can't towards the end of his career he was just he was a great line-out option and a good kind of yeah. grunty forward and he was actually he was really well-rounded and was offloading and clearly having the time of his life so that was great but really the two contenders are Santi Fernandez who I thought was great but the man of the match for me is Lucas Gonzalez Amorosino yeah yeah, yeah. I thought there were two contenders why I thought was Leguizamo I think he was everywhere mm. but yeah. again I just can't ignore how good Amorosino was like yeah. every time they kicked there was a danger there and every time he joined the line he was basically making breaks at will like he was insane and there was then. a point where I
1: was like trying to be more interesting because I figured you would go fit him and I was like maybe I could give it to no I'm not even no <laughs> <laughs> I know Lové exists and yeah he was really great and the Gleadamon was great but I-, I don't know how you could watch that game and not just love Amoracino and not yeah. really give him all the trophies basically. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, yeah, I don't really think it yeah. would be an yeah. It was his game. Unanimous pick.
0: This yeah. is the first time on the podcast that it's been a unanimous freeway pick. Wow. So There's been times it's been two people. This is the first time a player has got three Man of the Match nominations wow. or three Dick of the Day nominations. <laughs> so Rodriguez came very close. It's <laughs> yeah. now up to three, including two for myself. I really want to nominate for Dick of the Day from every single match during the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a
1: standing one, like
0: Steve Walsh is standing man of the match. Yes. That's true. Steve Walsh is standing man of the match and dick of the day. Yes, obviously. He's yes. Like everything. All the world. Yeah, it's, Steve Walsh is, is <laughs> literally everything. Um, I have realised, I don't think we introduced at the beginning, Rhiannon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think actually we introduced any of us at the beginning. No, I Rhiannon do- introduced us. us. I yeah.
1: introduced us.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened at the beginning. I, I don't recall any of it. I don't any, recall any of that past life. I think you, drunk? you, were, yeah. I think you were recalling past lives. You yeah. know, made
1: me black out.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry. Did
1: you want to um, end yeah, at the end
0: before we all say goodbye? Yeah. So uh, where can people find you? Where can people find you on the social medias and the stuff and the things?
1: now I feel bad that there's really only one like I'm just on Twitter if you find me anywhere else please leave me alone <laughs> uh, I'm at Jones on Twitter, no one else really has my name it's not that hard to find me if you want to see my very occasional tweets trying to add nuance to things and then running away really quickly so that people don't post me <laughs> sometimes I write articles and posts as well
0: that's it. So there's also your stuff on Rugby Pass, which is very good. Very uh, good, yeah. Oh yeah, you could follow the me. That's, yeah, yeah. And
1: then you can just read stuff and leave it on.
0: That would be great. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. And w- William Reese Owen, have you got anything else to, to say? Um, I've not really got anything to plug. Oh, I've got one thing to plug. Listen to the Squidge Rugby World Cup Retrospective podcast. It's available. Right, I thought I thought they changed that to the Rhiannon Garth Jones Squidge oh, yeah, you know, Rugby World Cup <laughs> <laughs> Retrospective.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, then my, you know, I mean,
0: the technical work. From. My Twitter is at will underscore Owen nine. No one want, cares. If no you want one updates cares. on when the podcast's going to go out, then I will sometimes tweet that and sometimes tweet. No one cares. Takes okay. No one I cares.
1: Feel like I follow Will on Twitter, and I feel like he doesn't come on very often, but when he does, it's quite funny. Thank you.
0: I mean, that's, that's certainly a nice. take. Been... that's <laughs> certainly that's certainly a thing you could say about his for his, his endorsement of following <laughs> you. Yeah. On. And I like how it's the first time I've had to plug anything on the podcast, because I know this is going to be my final appearance. Yes. <laughs> 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 Before we start our own podcast. Yeah. Next week, we replace you with Shakira. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and
1: Shakira.
0: I also need to say goodbye to Michael Kine. who... Hold on. It's all old uh, man, Michael hey. Kine now. Michael Kane. Hey, hey, how are you? Um. I... Hey. I won't... Now, Master Masterworks, uh, I need to say to my you... My name's you Ernie. That... I'm sorry, Master Boys. I apologize for my lack of. I've lost it. i that wasn't very good, was it? It's I okay. was I was going slightly more ambitious and going for like the old Michael Caine, like I say, like like Alfred Batman, Michael Caine. It wasn't very good. Um, like the the of logic, just threading this podcast together again for the benefit of the listener. For that entire exchange that we just had, Rhiannon's facial expression did not change once. <laughs> I've got a really good. So skin. unimpressed. <laughs>
1: listeners throughout the, the duration of this podcast we feel like you are slowly going round the bend <laughs> just know that you are not alone
0: <laughs> i I
1: will, I will reply on twitter to let you know that if you feel compelled
0: i feel like i haven't just gone round the bend i've gone round every single radiohead album i feel like i'm still Ray. working my way through them i do, do we yeah. want to leave this do we want to call it here do we want to do you want to get rid of this sure We'll we'll talk about our yeah. Radiohead album rankings next episode. That's not okay. <laughs> in computer, Rainbow, it's will you stop the stop? Bye. The... Yeah. yeah, right. Okay, I've had enough of this. Yeah. Or oh, maybe I haven't. I can't even tell anymore. I don't know what's going up. What's up? What's down? What is Argentina and what is Romania? Thank you very much for joining us, Uruguay. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, next time we have South Africa beating Fiji in a rugby match. Hopefully, we should have a guest on that as well yep. who we've said he said he would do it we haven't arranged a time or anything so fingers crossed he can do it it's all gonna be great after it's Australia the island which is actually gonna be a good game and we have a good guest lined up so that's gonna be great anyway we've had a really good guest today thank you very say. much Will Owen and no Rhiannon and I hope you are well and I hope next time I can remember what words are and I can say cheer we are from my Michael Kine.
1: bye bye <laughs> Well, that was an experience.